liberty lockdown please scan your barcode your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold where did it come from and where did it go it requires a fight not tweeting from your phone don't need a king get him off the fucking throne if you're riding with the thought you've always got a home the virus is scared of will come and it'll go the government knows this don't get treated like a hoe Today I had on the great Ryan Dawson. This guy is an incredible, I would describe him as as an investigative reporter, whether or not he describes himself that way. He has been nuked by every social media platform, so you know he is bringing you some hard-hitting facts that they do not want you to discuss. So what did we do? We did a 90-minute deep dive into every possible thing I can think of to throw at him. Uh, We covered the Vegas Massacre, 9-11, I mean, everything. (laughs) We just covered everything. Epstein came up a few times. I mean, it's wild. Don't miss it. Uh, Because this is such a nuclear episode, I am not going to put it on YouTube. I will be putting it on Odyssey. I do not feel like losing my channel. Thank you very much. But I do want to get this message out because this guy brings crazy, crazy facts. And I, I just... I can't say I can't speak highly enough to uh, to how in depth his knowledge is. He's he's basically the Scott Horton of the deep state, is how I describe him. So strap in if you want to follow him. Go to ancreport.com and uh, subscribe. Make sure you support this guy. He is struggling mightily to uh, to maintain his income given all of the nukings that he's receiving. But man, once you hear what just the unbelievable catalog of information that he provides, I think you're going to be very, very interested in following him further. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Peddling Fiction Podcast. My buddy Johnny Profita is a Keynesian economic fallacy destroyer. He can help inoculate you from the propaganda, much like Ryan does. He's a Rothbardian radical like myself. He can help you break those ideological chains and free your mind from state control. Make sure you subscribe to Peddling Fiction Podcast. At the end of this episode, there will be a couple-minute promo just so you can get a feel for it. He does really quality work, uh, brings that fire I do, and I think you will really enjoy it. So I will include in the description to this show a link for his uh, on Spotify so you can subscribe there, but it's also on other podcatchers elsewhere. So check him out. It is Peddling Fiction Podcast. Let's get into the show. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Liberty Lockdown. Got a special guest today. You know him, you love him. He's been nuked from every platform because he refuses to stop telling the truth. Ryan Dawson is in the building. Yep. Started getting censored before that was a thing. Before I know, it was man. Cool. You, you, like, you created it. When, when were you first nuked? It was like 2012 or something? Eight. Eight? Oh, my God. Actually, I got, uh, well, that was when I got nuked on YouTube. I was nuked on both AOL Hometown and MySpace in 2005. Oh, my God, dude. (laughs) You're such a legend. Well, I I know you've been talking about um, Epstein and the Palestinian-Israel kerfuffle. I'd like Mm -hmm. to... I'd like to go back in time a little bit and and talk about things. I hope hey, you haven't talked about both the, both those things involve the Israeli state. Ah, fair point. Wait, well, it's uh, June. I'm gonna switch the calendar here. <laughs> I have a feeling that that many more things will will be connected to the Israeli state as we talk about what I was hoping to. Um, I, I watched one of your older documentaries about 9/11 recently, and mm-hmm. I was left with a, a few questions that I don't know if I just didn't 
get to whatever episode that you covered it on. Um, but would you mind talking about 9-11 a little bit? I assume you saw War by Deception. Yes, that's the one. Yeah, it's like three hours and something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, that got me in trouble. <laughs> I would imagine. Uh, so the, the question that I had from it, though, you implied, and I uh, again, I don't know if I missed a segment where you gave a conclusion or, or maybe I just spaced out, but it seemed as if you were implying that Flight 93 was intended for Tower 7. Is that correct? Well, that's that's speculation. It seemed they said they were going back to New York, and the news actually preemptively announced that a 50-story building had fallen um, at 10.47 in the morning, which is about when it would have arrived. And, you know, a 50, well, nearly 57 stories, if you count the penthouse, 50 stories, uh, which would have been Building 7, did fall, but not until after 5.20 p.m., um, so many, many hours later. And that was speculative because the way Building 7 is kind of like, it was going to fall no matter what. If, if you let fire burn and you're not trying to put it out, eventually the fire is going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just odd that uh, the way it fell and everything. Very, but yes. afterward, I sort of changed my mind. Like, it may have been going there uh, to pull, and they just pulled an audible and said, well, since the plane didn't arrive, we'll just let it burn until it falls down because it has to go down. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to bomb it or anything. All you have to do is let it burn. So that might have been his target, but it could have been something else in New York, too. I mean, the Al-Qaeda discussed uh, the U.N. building back in 1993 when there was the first World Trade Center bombing, and they said, no, no, that'll alienate our Arab allies. And they are... So there's a lot of... So many targets they could have been, but it a lot of... Th- People thought it was going to pivot and hit the White House, but they were going northeast, and they Mm -hmm. said they were going northeast to the passengers. So if they didn't go northeast, the passengers would have gotten uppity, which Mm -hmm. I guess they did anyway. (laughs) But they they said that we're going back to New York. So uh, a lot of targets in New York. Do you buy the... I don't think it really matters where they were going. I mean... (laughs) Well, yeah, no. Yeah. Do you buy the the let's roll story that they were taken down by the passengers? Yep, you do. Interesting. Because it, it, look, it, the nine eleven kook movement all jumps on their spoon fed stuff, mm-hmm. and um, it's the black box. We have retrieved a black box from ninety three, so we have recording of voice audio of what was going down. And forget about let's roll and all that crap. What's interesting is the pilot that's supposed to be on flight 93 uh ziad al jara that's the alleged pilot and the official narrative but his voice is not on the black box and he's not piloting the plane either according to the other hijackers right who are screaming at the the man who's actually piloting the plane and in all the phone calls which the kook movement dismisses because they're like oh, you can't call on a cell phone it's an air phone, dumbass. And yes, you can do it. <laughs> None of them mention four hijackers. All of them say three. Hmm. So the voice audio says there's three men. 
the passengers are saying there's three men. And the fourth guy who's supposed to be the pilot is not piloting the plane. And the only evidence they have that he's on the plane is they find his passport in the debris, you know, which is not impossible, but it's very improbable. Sure. Like you could find paper and stuff, but a little thing like that. And it just happens to be the guy who says the pilot. Oh, and a little corner's burned off. Uh huh. Be- this is why it gets more mysterious. Ziad al-Jara's first cousins, Ali al-Jara and Yusuf al-Jara, were working in Israeli espionage, spying on Hezbollah. They got busted months after 9-11. One of them had been doing it since the 80s. So what are the odds that a al-Qaeda 9-11 hijacker has family members in Israeli intelligence? And this isn't like 33rd degree cousins. That's like his uncle's children. <laughs> wow. Well, and so, then it turns out, oh, the guy that's related to the Israelis, there's no evidence that he's actually on the plane. Uh, and he's definitely not piloting the plane. So what is what is your conclusion about Flight 93 then? I mean, if, if it's not that pilot, what do you think is the real deal here? Well, Al-Qaeda still hijacked it. They were just down two members. They are supposed to have a five-man team, and they end up with three. The Israelis bailed last minute. They had, they had infiltrated these cells and protected them from local law enforcement all the way up to the moment, and then just ditched. So, Wow. This Al-Jara doesn't stay with them in Hamburg either, and he doesn't stay with them in the same motel when they're all in Maryland. He's always separate separates himself. And he's got plans to get married and is talking about that with his fiance and stuff, which why would you do that with your fiance if you're planning on suicide? You know, um, it just didn't add up. But that's all speculative. <clears throat> However, you, 9-11 is not something like there's this one thing and you go, aha, this is the thing. It's when you put it all together. Right. When you see the Israeli espionage on. um on the well, on the hijackers, but also on the DEA, which is important because if you need to sneak weapons onto a plane, right? We all know the DEA and the CIA moves drugs around themselves, right? Narcotics mm-hmm. and stuff. And one of the ways they do that is they just uh, have people either in the ramp crews or a stewardess or somebody in on it, so you don't have to go past security. You are the security, and you just put it in. <laughs> so they, you got to spy and figure out where the look-away list is, who those employees are. And a lot of them are mafia, uh, because then if somebody does get caught, it's plausible deniability. And go, oh, yeah, this guy is just Gambino or whatever, and let him fall on the sword. Um, but they were spying on DEA officials, homes and things, and... <laughs> The other reason is if you want to move drugs yourself, like ecstasy, because you're using the off the books budget to finance something like 9-11, that's a nice way to have uh, a large sum of money and it not go back to the state. And the U.S. does the same thing when we're, I shouldn't say we, but when the United States is aiding Al-Qaeda in Syria, for example, which it is, they're not just going to have the CIA hand them money. That would be retarded. They funnel it through intermediaries 
and then they explain it away by saying, oh, they're involved in black markets trades, mainly narcotics, and that's how they're paying for all these toys. But no, it's really our own intelligence agencies moving everything around and giving them the toys. And sometimes, like the non-lethal aid package, non-lethal aid from Obama, how do you think they got all these brand new Hilux Toyota trucks? All white, all the same year, all new paint, you know. That was part of the non-lethal aid package to the Free Syrian Army, who just acted as a conduit for ISIS, right? So it went to the FSA, which means it Al-Qaeda got it, you know. Mm -hmm. They do things like that. So one of the main reasons we're at war in Afghanistan for so long is the opium trade. Mm -hmm. And because that's a $64 billion a year black budget that you can spend on whatever, including financing terrorists all over the world. Well, the Israelis do the same thing. They financing terrorists through narcotics trade. So they're spying on the the DEA. Uh, and they're also spying on the hijackers. They help move them around. They change their communications. So even FBI, they were trying to look into it. Anytime they're closing in on a suspect, suddenly they change the way they communicate. Right. Now, if you're Al Qaeda, you would just randomly change how you communicate every few, you know, days or whatever anyway. Right. Mm -hmm. But the but the Israelis are still following them around. Right. So that's the one making the changes. They, they never threw them off. Yeah. And they're celebrating the attacks and they had front companies uh, for, you know, moving furniture, which had been in and out of the towers. And the the outfitter, for example, one of they had six different moving companies that we know of, but um, one of them, urban moving systems, their trucks came from Aero Trucks out of Tennessee. It's just a generic truck that you slap a logo on. So it could be a rider truck. It could be a white glove mm -hmm. movers. It could be whatever your thing. You just get a, the truck and you slap your logo on it and you got a furniture company. Well, that got traced back to a cell in Tennessee that was getting illegal. Um, driver's license because they didn't need a social security number in Tennessee at that time. And they were, the sting was for this, you know, ID, false IDs from the DMV. But when they arrested just these six men in a parking lot, one of them had a pass to do work at the World Trade Center dated September 5th, 2001. His name is Sakura Hamad. And when his cousin was in the ring too. And they were working for a guy named Khalido Dalla from Jerusalem. And they find out that, oh yes, and they had traveled from New York uh, to, I think it was Knoxville, and then to Memphis on September 11th. And they did not have a right to be doing work in the World Trade Centers. They said, what were you doing? He said, oh, I work for uh, this heating and plumbing company, Denco Mechanical, Magic Heating and Plumbing. And his business address was just a residential address in New York. It was a fake business. Turns out they had also faked fire suppression credentials to make a company to do work on fire suppression systems. Well, they had forged reference letters and all that. And this is by Sergey Denko and uh, David Connell. And I've got the letters from the district attorney and everything. This, and this, these guys in Tennessee end up in jail for 10 years. 9-11 kook movement doesn't want to look at this. I'm like, here are people arrested for being, you know, 
they're in the towers, they're doing illegal work, their company's faking letters. So if they're doing work on the fire suppression systems, were they fixing them or breaking them? Because they didn't work on September 11th. And, you know, had the sprinklers and all that come on, then the fire would not have been able to take down the buildings. And even if you think the fire didn't take it down, you think it only partly was partly fire and partly bombs or whatever you want to believe, you still have to make it as if a fire could have taken it down or you won't be able to lie about the bombs, right? Sure. sure. If, if the fire just went out, you can't then blow it up <laughs> because it was right. really bad, right? So no matter what you believe on that, you got to have a fire big enough that it could have. And that's the other thing. Yes, it it can. That doesn't mean it did. But absolutely, office fires, even with no jet fuel, do reach temperatures that are hot enough to cause the collapse. Because you don't have to melt steel for it to drop its payload. At you know half the temperature, you're losing eighty percent of its tensile strength, and it's gonna collapse. So, you know, that's that's a, a stupid argument, like the, when people argue about the physics and stuff and they say, well, you know, jet fuel doesn't melt steel. Well, dummy, it's not just jet fuel. It's a fucking building and indoor fires w- more than exceed the temperatures to melt steel, which you don't even have to reach because way before you reach that temperature, it's going to drop anyway. Mm-hmm. Then they'll point to molten metal in some pictures and say, aha, there's molten steel. Say, you don't know that that's steel. That's just metal. Mm-hmm. That could be aluminum. It could be copper. It could be whatever. It's, you don't know that. And then they'll point to like, well, look at these 45 degree cuts on these beams. I go, yeah, the fire department did that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're looking at it after they cut it. No bomb is going to do that anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's not thermite. Like they don't even use thermite in in controlled demolitions that they do on purpose because it's so unreliable. And the timing on that, it just flares like you ever used it. Like I used to make that from the anarchist cookbook. It's not <laughs> nanothermite or alien thermite or mini nukes or any of this crap. But the, what happens is like I have names and documents and arrests and all this paperwork showing the financing of the hijackers from intelligence agencies, both Israel and Saudi Arabia, dead to rights and can't get my foot in the door because basically because of Alex Jones. Like he was the springboard for Loose Chains and Jim Fetzer and Judy Wood and all these morons that deny airplanes, like they say, a missile at the Pentagon, even though there's a big airplane sized hole in the Pentagon and it's full of airplane parts and bodies from Flight 77. That just doesn't matter, you know. But what that does do is it it prevents, you know, it, it cuts off the trail both to the U.S. government and Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. And it's weird to me because some of these kooks, in the same breath that they deny an airplane hit the building, they'll say Cheney refused to shoot it down. And they'll go to the Norman Mineta testimony. We say, the plane's 30 miles out, 20 miles out. Do the orders still stand? And Cheney whipped his neck around and said, of course they stand. I was like, okay, what's 30 miles out? A missile doing loopy loops around D.C.? You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? It's a fucking plane. And, like, that testimony is true. And what happened there was, excuse me, 
Flight 77 came in at too high an altitude. And so he wasn't going to be able to hit the Pentagon. So he circled back. And this isn't like a corkscrew uh, top gun maneuver. It's a big loop, miles long, you know. And then comes in a perfectly straight line at a lower altitude and hits the first floor. A little bit of the second floor. Which is exactly like landing a plane on a runway. It's not some impossible thing. Most of the time, pilots put down the landing gear and land on a runway and then gently slow the plane down. He didn't bother putting the landing gear down and didn't try to slow down. Just hit the building. There's nothing super about it. Any mm-hmm. Anyone can crash a plane uh, that's had a few flight school, you know. Oh, yeah. A video game enthusiast could do it. They act like, no way, no pilot on earth could hit the first floor of a building. I'm like, that's the easiest thing. It's just like hitting a runway. You line it up with the ground and whap. Right. Uh, and if he, and they're like, well, look at the side he hit. If he had hit any of the other five sides, they would have been like, well, this special stuff was only on this side. You know, it doesn't matter. Um, in fact, he hit the least deadly part because it was being renovated. But well, I, I don't doubt. I don't doubt that a plane hit it. But do you do you think that it was allowed? Do you it, think that yeah, it seems down? like it was because. Dick Cheney told him not to do it, right? <laughs> like, right. That's, that's the transportation secretary said that. We have witnesses to that. Mm-hmm. So they had two chances to shoot that down and didn't do it. And they tried to act like they're talking about Flight 93, but they couldn't have been because it's 30 miles from nothing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. 30 miles is, you're talking about seconds. Like that's, yeah, that's very quick. Going 500 miles an hour or 300 and something miles an hour, I think they were doing after right. the bank. But it's a couple minutes. Yeah, it's nothing really. Um, so you, but you do, it is something for anti-air defense. Like that's plenty of time and range to, to nail a plane, you know, mm-hmm. with a battery, but especially commercial plane, no stealth or nothing. So, but yeah, they, they allowed it to happen. So middle. do you think, do you think it was, uh, Saudi Arabia? So that, hold on, that implies our oh, U S sure. government, but it's also, if you don't acknowledge that there is a plane and hijackers, two of the guys, actually three of the guys on flight 77, Hanjur, and Al Hazmi and and Mitar were getting money from the Saudi government, and to it went from Princess Haifa and Bandar Bush, who was the head of Saudi Arabia's CIA, he was a git <laughs> agent, mm-hmm. sent money through uh, Osama Basnan and another guy Omar Bayoumi, which uh, who bought them a house and lived in an apartment with them and then the other guy lives across the street introduces them to Alaki at the um San Diego Kurdish mosque. Yep. Um and they're not Kurds by the way. Just saying they're Sunni Muslims. They but anyway, they go there and they receive money. One of them had a job at a gas station. Only one hijacker of the 19 ever had a job. But they um <laughs> were getting financial support and more importantly logistical support housing travel and so on from saudi intermediaries mm-hmm. but if you deny there's there's a plane then there's no hijackers on that plane and there's no financing of those hijackers by saudi arabia and there's no refusal to shoot down the plane by america like you cut that story off by talking missile nonsense mm-hmm. and you make 9-11 truthers look retarded 
because <laughs> there's debris of the plane and the big <laughs> hole and uh, DNA from all the passengers except for the baby is at Walter Reed right now. Mm. Like the, it definitely you're alienating all those Pentagon employees and stuff because they think, oh, the, the conspiracy is there was no plane. That's so dumb, right? And so you just lost anybody with a triple-digit IQ right there. And I blame the media for this. They radicalize people because all they do is lie to you. Exactly. Like all they did was lie about the Iraq war over and over again. So when someone hears the missile story, they're like, yeah, maybe. You know, like anything that's not <laughs> the official story is better. And then they do the light switch brain thing and go, well, if you don't believe in this, then you're just uh, official story shilled. Right. No, there's a lot of things in between what the TV said and the nonsense that you're saying. You know? <laughs> right. Do you think that they suppressed video evidence of 77 hitting the Pentagon so that that these bullshit conspiracy theories could fill the v vacuum? Because, like, I haven't seen any... You would think it was 2001. I mean, the, there was plenty of surveillance, especially around the CIA or the, um, the Pentagon. You would think that there'd be extensive surveillance camera footage, and yet I've only well, ever seen a, a handful of frames. You're only going to see... Here's the hole in the Pentagon. Right. It's yeah, big, I've seen that photo. You know? It's... Yeah. Um, and also, they it doesn't have to smash through six rings. The rings are only on the upper floors. It hit the bottom two floors. Mm -hmm. And they don't have rings. Mm -hmm. They just have two walls to go through and a bunch of sheetrock. It's not a big deal. No, they're not suppressing the footage because the cameras that are in the parking lot are designed to film people walking back and forth to their cars or maybe driving their car in the parking lot. Mm -hmm. Um you're talking about speeds between, you know, zero to 30 miles an hour, right. not a plane a going yeah. across the parking lot <laughs> in half a second at 300 miles an hour or whatever it is. Right. So if you're only going to get five frames because there's only five frames. Mm -hmm. they're no, not, they don't have sure. super sl slow motion cameras 24 hours a day pointed at a wall outside. Almost all the cameras are in the Pentagon. Or, well, that, at the, that, or at the doors and exits, not the wall. Right. They don't no, think that, something's going to go sense. smashing through the wall, right? Right. Sure. So, and they confiscated a lot of footage, but the, that's another misnomer. We're like, what about the 87 cameras? I'm like, where'd you get this number? <laughs> that's based on an affidavit about September 11th, not the Pentagon, and almost all the cameras in question are from New York. Oh, okay. So there's probably not that. They did much not go around and take 87 cameras of the Pentagon. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't. I, I actually, I've never even heard that figure, but I just assume uh, yeah, that. Trust you me, know, your some... audience has. They're like, what about the 87 cameras? <laughs> trust me, they have. So, like, so I have is... a list of the bullshit that they've been spoon fed. I'm like, they do not 87 cameras. <laughs> they did not smash through six rings. They did not take a corkscrew turn. They, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I got to spend, you know, an hour debunking the crap that they heard from Loose Change and all these websites course, and stuff. Yeah. And I don't even get to go on the offense. Like, do you want me to explain what did happen or I have to spend all day on what did not happen? Of course. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I, I would like for you to explain what did happen. I, I've, I've already Plane got... hit the Pentagon. I, mean, <laughs> well, no, I know. I know. But a little bit more of the background. I so you said that it was Israeli, Saudi, and American intelligence that that basically either right. and they, cooperated three, or allowed it to happen. These three do lots of stuff together. Yes. 
Yes. Right. Al Qaeda in Syria, same thing. Right. Right. Israel acts as their air force. They never attack ISIS. They only attack Assad. And they even did coordinated strikes, airstrikes with the ground force being Al Qaeda. Mm-hmm. Um, America did that in Libya, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's Israel and the U.S. did Iran Contra together. Mm-hmm. You know, this episode is also brought to you by our friends over at the Daily Job Hunt. Go to crash.co backslash daily to sign up. All you have to do is give them your email address. That's it. That simple. No further information. And what do you get? You get a daily newsletter that gives you some information on how to go out and find that job of your dreams or to start the business of your dreams. If you're concerned about the economic turmoil that I talk about so often, it's vitally important that you take this chance, this opportunity to go out and better yourself and better the career path that you're on. Whether it's self-employment or working for somebody else, the daily job hunt will get you on the right path. And it's free. Go to crash.co backslash daily to sign up. So many of you have already done so. So many of you have already DM'd me saying how much you appreciate the information that they provide. I hope to hear more and more positive stories as you guys continue to sign up. I really believe in it. I think you'll love it. Let's get back on the show. The Safari Club, which is something created in 1976 to break the OPEC oil weapon. This is the long story, but the, the suffice to say, Saudi Arabia, the U.S. and Israel do things like this a lot. And... Mainly, it goes like Saudi can recruit a lot of hijackers, Islamic extremists, whatever. Uh, and even if not, they have to look like that. And Israel, um, Israel, U.S. relies on Israel almost entirely for linguistics and like to, our intelligence on the Middle East is so piss poor. If you look at uh, Sibel Edmonds, who she speaks Turkish, Farsi, and Azerbaijani. And she was at the White House, the uh, Washington, D.C. field office, right? The top. There's like three translators. And it turns out two of the Turkish girls couldn't even speak Farsi. They were faking it. <laughs> they weren't even reasons. Jesus reason. Christ. And almost all of that's outsourced to the Israelis. Because we don't have enough people that can speak these languages fluently. Not not before September 11th, at least. And I sure. don't think it changed much after, is the sad thing. That's government, you know. But um, right. the U.S. is almost entirely reliant on the Israelis. And, of course, they just lie. They're like, well, obviously, all of Israel's enemies are the only bad guys. <laughs> of course. And they work, um, They Israel and Saudi Arabia work together because the a common enemy of the Shia Muslim from Iran uh, and also Syria, so and uh, Hezbollah and Lebanon. So they're they're the bad guys. They'll work with the Sunni extremists. Now, not with Palestinians. It doesn't matter what the religion is. That that's territory Israel is going to steal. But uh, they have no problem working with Saudi Arabia. But they do have to do it. You know, un- not above board. Saudi Arabia has to at least look like, oh yeah, we hate the Zionists, or whatever. But in action, not in in mouth right uh, that's never the case they're all they're always supporting israel are are you scheduled or have you ever uh i know you're scheduled with scott horton to talk on reed's show have you ever talked to scott before yeah i've been on his show four times oh wow times. okay because right, that's cause... spread out since like 2008 or whatever i don't know where i first did his show but 
Yeah. Man, you you strike me so much of like being the Scott Horton of I don't know the deep state or like the military industrial complex or something. I mean, it's well, that's a great it, compliment because Scott's well, I, the ball. Scott interviews <laughs> all these specialists, right? Right. And other people could do that, but they wouldn't be able to, to retain the information, you know. But Scott can be like, oh, yeah, on time, uh, a Gareth Porter interview from 2011, he said, <laughs> or, you know. And I kind of do that, too. People ask me if I'm autistic or whatever. I'm like, no, nah, I just <laughs> don't smoke weed. But he does, and he can still remember all that stuff. So, like, <laughs> well, that's what that's what blows my mind about. Drugs like, affect different people differently, though. Of course. I, I gave you no primer on what we were going to discuss today. I, I've watched this documentary that you produced God knows how long ago, 10, 15 years ago, and and I start talking to you about it, and you're able to remember their names, the locations, the names of the companies. I mean, it's really... Yeah, but I'd remember it a lot better if you'd asked me in 2014. Of course. So, you know what I mean? But, yeah, but I didn't still, know what I we were talking I thought we were going to do Epstein man. stuff, but you can ask about 9-11. It's not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, what I, this is what I'm saying. This is, what it, this is why it reminds me of Scott so much, because it's just... Your, your depth of knowledge in this area it's is just one of the most important incredible. things. I mean, here here's what I say. Like, I try not to get too deep in the weeds on 9-11 with people unless you're already sold that the government lies. And they're like, wow, that's a big shock, right? <laughs> but, um, oh, the media lied. Yeah. <laughs> like, of course. Recently, Russiagate. The, they're, they're constantly full of shit. So, but, um, and yes, we ate Al-Qaeda, right? All over the world. That's not, oh, wow, the, the U.S. is secretly working with terrorists. Uh, is this news to you? Like, right. That's what Iran Contra was. It's, yeah. good. it's before and after 9-11 working with terrorists, but not during. Um, but what I say about 9-11 to quote-unquote normies or whatever that is easier to prove is, listen, uh, they lied about September 11th and how they associated it and blamed it on Iraq. Because part of the lies about Iraq were not just the weapons of mass destruction baloney they went with met weapons of mass destruction because it was a legal pretext they was oh they're in violation of un resolution 1441 like oh wow suddenly we're going to enforce un resolutions huh because israel's breaking like 60 of anyway <laughs> um probably more than 100 now but yeah I'm sure. they, um it doesn't matter but what they said was you know Atta went to prague and this isn't coming from oil companies and stuff. This is coming from Zionist neocons. This is from Project New American Century, Weekly Standard, um, and, and went up and these guys. So uh, they not went up. Sorry. <laughs> They're the good guys. <laughs> um, it's the Richard Pearls, you know, again, it's that group. But they said that Muhammad Atta got anthrax from senior Iraqi officials at a meeting in Prague. Okay, Iraq didn't have anthrax. Muhammad Atta didn't have anthrax. And there was no meeting in Prague. <laughs> so, it, and then the notes on the anthrax letters say, death to America, death to Israel. Mm -hmm. P.S. Evil Muslims. Yeah. <laughs> but it says September 11th on the notes, and it says, death to America, death to Israel. And they would blame that first on Stephen Hatfield, waste millions of dollars on that. He actually sued them and won. And then they blamed it on Bruce Ivins, who was suicided before a trial. Holy shit. And Perry Mixel was another scientist, and she was suicided. So, yeah, a couple mysterious uh, uh, suicides. 
and shifting the blame three times, but it was all after the fact, like the Iraq war already is, was on. So they initially blamed it on Iraq. And the source of that bullshit was James Woolsey, former CIA director for Clinton, who chose him because of Jeffrey Epstein's blackmail. This is how these events tie together. Now, James Woolsey's source, James Woolsey gives it to the PNAC group, and then Fred Barnes and Gary Schmidt and Robert Kagan start writing, oh, Athos in Prague, and he's meeting with Iraqis, and that's where the anthrax came from. Saddam, 9-11. Saddam, Bin Laden. Saddam, Bin Laden. Time Magazine does pictures with Saddam, next page, Bin Laden, right there. All over the news at the time, Bill O'Reilly, all these talking heads are like Saddam Hussein and Bin Laden, and couldn't be further from the truth. Hated each other, right, whatever. Sam was a Bathist. He was a Pan-Arabist. Anyway, he's also a CIA guy, both of them. That's the only thing they had in common. <laughs> um, Wolsey's source was he's quoting Israeli security forces that allegedly witnessed the transfer. And that's in the German uh, newspaper, Blid. It was in the, uh, later it was in the LA Times, the New York Observer, which is owned by Charles Kushner. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> They're it's the first ones that come out with these. Well, this is what happened. So I'm, I'm not. It's not incredible because all I have to figure out is what happened. To make it up would be incredible. Right. To figure it out is just figuring it out, I guess. <laughs> uh, but you do have to remember, like later, like Kushner's, you know, uh, son-in-law, uh, his, his Kushner's son's father-in-law becomes president. Right. You know? Um. Anyway, so they are lying about anthrax and are lying about this meeting in Prague. First, they only lied about the meeting because the anthrax hadn't been opened yet. It had been mailed, but hadn't been opened. Mm. After it got was opened and uh, Stevens was killed, they then go, oh, yeah, by the way, at this meeting, uh, they totally had anthrax. <laughs> um <laughs> And it's funny because PNAC had written about Osama bin Laden in August of August 30th of 2001. And they had his, a penciled picture of bin Laden and stuff. Bin Laden was not a household name. There's the embassy bombings, whatever, but it wasn't like, oh, yeah, you know, Osama bin Laden. Like, no, you didn't. You know, <laughs> but in there, they're talking about connections to iraq and chemical attacks such as anthrax wow so they're laying the ground before september 11th they're writing that's, about this that's amazing after september 11th they made it happen by lying about it uh and it says death to america death to israel right and then of course it wasn't iraq there was no meeting in prague there were no mobile weapons labs making anthrax that miller said so when colin powell went to the u.n with his mock bottle of anthrax to make the case for why we need to invade iraq was all based on this lie. That was the weapon of mass destruction in question. Mm -hmm. The other one was he, he reconstituted his nuclear program, which Condoleezza Rice and Dick Cheney went on television and said, I think it was to Tim Russert, and I think they both said it to Tim Russert, and Robert Novak actually said, I think this is not true. Uh, he and Russert uh, died within a couple of years. Wow. Um, young. Russert, Tim Russert was not, you know, he's a little bit overweight, but whatever. He just up and dies. But that had that had did more to do with the plane affair, in my opinion. But anyway, 
one of the things they also lied about, though, was the Iraq's nuclear program, and that was based on forgeries uh, from Niger, where they said, oh, he's getting yellow cake uranium, oxidized uranium from Niger. And it had obsolete military seals. It was signed by an obsolete foreign minister that was no longer there and couldn't have signed it. So not only did they forge a signature, it wasn't even the right person's name. They changed some dates in the document, and it was like in some places says says 2000, sometimes it says 1999. You know, it, it was just so bad. And the CIA knew it was a forgery and said so. Because they're evil, but they're not stupid. Like, we can't use this. It was too sloppy. But George Bush, the lesser, just did it anyway. <laughs> and um, the media didn't cover it, as he knew they wouldn't. You know, even now, the media has not gone back and said, you know, remember that uh, yellow kick uranium? Turns out these are forged documents. The press, think about this, conservative or otherwise, I, I'd say conservative or crazy, because there is no, there are no liberals anymore. They right. have gone so far out there, you know, <laughs> like with the identity politics that there, there is no yeah, they're, left. It, it's only they're just, extinct. Uh, yeah, it's all fucking SJWs. But anyway, right. none of them have come out and said they lied about yellow cake uranium, and it's important because the way they wiggled out of the W and D mythology was. Well, I guess we were just a big screw up miscalculations and we thought we had this data and we didn't No, you didn't. You lied and you knew you lied because you cannot accidentally forge signatures on a document. That's fraud and it's intentional. Mm -hmm. And you're getting this information from Gorbanifar and Michael Ledeen, these neocons, serial liars who are also part of Iran-Contra same people um you definitely knew and the press just won't touch it and another thing that covered up you know our own intelligence agencies debunking it is one of the wings of the cia that was in charge of negating nuclear proliferation was valerie plame's outfit and he used a front company called brewster jennings and associates as cover for the work the agents were supposedly working for this thing and when plane was outed her front company was also outed so everyone else working for brewster jennings and associates had lost their cover and so now there's a cloud of war over nuclear weapons proliferation we don't know because obviously they're all going to change what they're doing because they understand that these are the this is the wing of the cia that was gathering intel mm-hmm and the whole thing focused on Joe Wilson and a, as revenge or whatever and Valerie Flame and not on Brewster Jennings and all the other agents that got outed. And I, one of our department guys, Mark Grossman, he's like the number three, um, he's, uh, he's caught on tape talking to Pearl saying about 9-11 suspects we got to get these guys out of the country before they spill the beans. Hmm. Now that should have been plastered all over the news, or at least the alternative news, but it wasn't. You see, Jonestown and these kooks, they don't want to talk about Grossman or Pearl or Ledeen 
or any of the stuff I just said or any of the stuff I said before about Omar Bayoumi and Osbastan and all that. They're not going to touch it. They're not definitely not going to touch the Israelis with urban moving system or white glove movers, and who, by the way, moved hijackers from back and forth between New York and Florida. It's so much stuff. I got a five-hour film called The Empire and Mass that I sell on my website. It's like how I can survive because I'm banned on PayPal, banned on Patreon, banned on Vimeo, ban- you know, name it. I'm off <laughs> And the reason I get canceled on this stuff is you get flack when you're over the target. You can make a 9-11 movie that's full of nonsense that will get millions of views on YouTube. They love pushing disinformation. So if you want to go cuckoo or just talk <laughs> about Build 7 fell too fast based on eyeballing it right. for an hour, they're not worried about that. They're worried about what I have to say. Because I got them by the short hairs. Yeah. And nothing I'm saying requires some super secret anything. It's all you can, It's all documented and you can see this. It's just I, I put them all, tied it all together. Yep. Um, That's at ANCReport.com? Wolsey, by the way, wouldn't talk to them the whole time. Yeah, ANCReport.com, there's a films tab. And most of the films are free. I put the... The film about Syria is free. The film about Palestine is free because those wars are happening right now. Sure. But I sell the 9-11 film because I already have a huge chunk of information for free in another film called War by Deception. But, yeah, I got to get paid somehow. So, of course. Yeah, no, no. I, I, and it I'm covers more, it right than, after more than just September 11th. It's a bit on the Iraq war, which you can't really separate. Because they lied about Iraq and acted like they're involved in September 11th. And I know people my age, you know, who are just turning 18, 19, 20 years old when September 11th happened, joined the military to go to war in Iraq because they were told that they attacked us. Yeah, tens of thousands of men probably. wasn't true. Right. If you're 18 years old and you're just watching Fox and MSNBC or whatever... And they're saying, yeah, Iraq gave chemical weapons to Al-Qaeda. And it looks like Israel's our best friend because, look, these notes say death to Israel, death to America. We need to side with the Zionists to take out Iraq. Now, that was the television narrative. Mm-hmm. And they're patriotic and like, ah, I love America. They attacked New York and D.C., which to me, I was thinking, wow, the Muslims and Yankees are going at it. I'll have a cup of tea. You know, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, like, <laughs> you know, it's... um. When I, when I heard the Pentagon was attacked, I thought, well, it was bound to happen eventually, and we're out there messing with everybody. Sure. Right? And we got our two front teeth knocked out in New York and a giant financial hub, which is also involved in plenty of crimes, you know, predatory loans, intentional predatory loans, and, you know, it's sort of the the processing nexus for sanctions and other things, all the profiteering that goes along with uh, on the back, you know, follows the government around. Oh, you're putting sanctions on this and this, and then someone will go in and do black market sales because they're the only source. And that's how Mark Rich made a lot of his money, the guy that Clinton pardoned, by the way. And many of the people that wrote letters to Clinton asking him, begging him to pardon Mark Rich are on the Epstein map. Holy and shit. he didn't only pardon Mark Rich. He, by the way, Rich and Libby, Libby was a lawyer for Rich. And he's Cheney's chief of staff. 
and he's the one that uh, lies about the plane affair, and he's an Iraq war architect like the rest of them. They call him Scooter Libby. His real name is uh, Leibowitz, but anyway, Zionist. Uh, Pincus Green was partnered with Mark Rich, and he also got a pardon, and those guys were accused of human trafficking. And Mark Rich through Glencore is like the top Kearney capitalist of exploitation of all over Africa, Eastern Europe, Russia, like Iran. He he did illegal trades. But you know what the US government was mad at him for doing? Tax evasion. <laughs> they don't care who you they just rob want their cut. Until you rob them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They just want their cut. So so was Osama bin Laden uh, a witting participant in this? Did he know that he was he was working for CIA? He absolutely hate well he knew he worked for the CIA in Afghanistan because they were Reagan's freedom fighters, right? Sure. And they were laundered money through BCCI to the the I don't know, the diaspora to go to Afghanistan and fight with the atheist Soviets. You know, right. So it was a threat to the religion, the culture and so on. But the the narrative is that he because he was betrayed after being a CIA operative or being backed he by was, them. Yes, he the was very plot pissed comes. off that America put troops in the Holy Land, right. which were quietly removed after 9-11. Oh, interesting. Right? Saudi Arabia and Israel help us pull it off. Israel gets its war in Iraq and the troops get removed from Saudi Holy Lands just like those two wanted. Hmm. Which quietly did what bin Laden demanded. <laughs> so... But yeah, he was that's... he was a CIA asset that was like, uh-uh, because he didn't like that. He didn't like the attacks on Lebanon and Palestine, and neither did Atta, and a lot of these hijackers were legitimately pissed at our foreign policy. And they know that Israelis are run our foreign policy, and they right. wanted to attack America. It's not hard to find disgruntled Muslims like who watched hundreds of thousands of Iraqi children starved to death and are seeing they're seeing what's happening and they know it's the US and Israel. You right. know? And they they that doesn't mean they have the right to just go blow up civilians in New York. But I'm not I'm not excusing it. I'm explaining it. Of course. You can understand why someone would it grew up like that, watching all those horrors. It's gonna just they're humiliated. They're they're going to and willing to kill themselves to get some of you to wake you up and go, Hey, look at what you're doing. Of course. But, but my question is, so it, what, Osama did, bin Laden, did I know about the help he was getting? Yes. <laughs> well, they, their plan is we know they're going to assist us on this and that, and then we'll stab them in the back later. Like a lot of ISIS fighters think the same way. They know where their guns are coming from. And they're like, whatever, if they're going to give them to us, it's stupid because they're like the enemy of my enemy type of thing. Like temporarily we'll ally with these people so we can attack these other people and then we'll turn around and stab them in the back. And the U.S. is doing the same thing. Well, we'll get these Muslims to fight each other and then we'll turn on the winner or whatever. It's a really stupid strategy. Your enemy is your enemy. <laughs> there is no enemy of my enemies, but nah, your enemy is your enemy. Well, that's a good good message, <laughs> given that Reed's pushing unity. <laughs> uh, but I, I I take the point to heart. I, I wanted to ask you about. I feel like I, I've never heard you talk about it, but I, I as I've said, you've covered pretty much everything. So you may have at some point. But I'd like to pivot to the the Vegas massacre. Have you done any work on that? 
Yeah, if this is going on YouTube, you better not touch that. Just saying. Uh, I, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't care. <laughs> well, I have a feeling that uh, that given how <laughs> how nuclear material this entire conversation is. Yeah, been, all right, probably- fine. So the Vegas shooting. Um, there's a lot of kook movement stuff on that too. Firing from helicopters or Saudi arms deal. Let me just debunk the Saudi arms deal stuff. This is how stupid this is. <laughs> Saudi Arabia and the United States do legal arms deals worth hundreds of billions of dollars. Okay. They're not going to meet with a guy in a hotel room <laughs> with 23 guns, all of which you could buy at Walmart legally. None of them are illegal. Yeah, that's I know that's, it's funny, but this is the thing. They're like, he was an arms dealer. Yeah, look, he had all these guns. Okay, it's not impressive because I could buy all those guns if I had the money. You just go to Kmart and buy all the guns. Right. In the US, perfectly legal. There was he wasn't selling in sixty machine guns or anything. He's just selling guns that you could go buy legally. Bump stocks and some other really just aesthetics. It doesn't add to the killing capacity so much. Um, so it's not a Saudi arms deal, but this is what you have to, the smell test. Whenever the kook movement comes out within like 12 hours with some complicated story that is also stupid, then that disinformation must be hiding something else, Mm -hmm. right? Because I've just sort of noticed this over time when there's a particular shooting or something Sometimes just shooting is just a shooting. But sometimes after a shooting, whoa, here they come calling them crisis actors and fake and da-da-da-da-da, which is definitely nonsense. But you're like, okay, why don't they want me to look at this event? Because what they want to happen is someone like me or whatever already has a reputation debunking stuff, doesn't want to roll the dice on getting it wrong on something like that because they don't want to be associated with like Sandy Hook deniers or something like that, right? But so if there's a where there's smoke, there's fire. So if there's a big smoke screen and they're all saying crazy stuff about Vegas, then there's something else separate from that that the authorities don't want you to know. And what I found interesting is this guy's the same as the Norway shooter, since we're already going to get censored for this. Um, Breivik was getting he got a hundred thousand dollars out of nowhere from a bank in Antigua in the Caribbean. And guess who guess who do we know from the Caribbean uh, that ran a bunch of banks and laundered money for hedge funds? Jeffrey Epstein, right? And oh, yes, yeah. that's exactly where the money was going through it. Pam Geller and uh, I, I've, I've made videos about this already. So sure. I just people go to ANC report, look up Norway shooter, look up Vegas and have have a nice day whatever <laughs> like <laughs> with with Roddick, it was um it, the same crap except it was in the Philippines and they said oh he made money gambling I'm like I don't buy this okay that is an en- enormous amount of money to have in the Philippines and he had like a rental wife you know whatever um yeah, yeah. paid for mail order yeah, well, and I, I don't think she was, they're married. It was just a, a girl that whatever. Um, he purchased these people. The guy was foul and disgusting, but he was this loser. And then suddenly he makes all this money. 
and he's just going to go shoot a bunch of innocent people at a concert. Well, when you look at the Breivik case, for example, in Norway, I know a guy, Patrick Little, who used to be hardcore neocon, Zionist, whatever. They tried to recruit him, tried to push him into shooting Muslims, and he didn't. And actually, the guy stumbled across my videos and went, 180 the other direction except he went wait he get, when someone gets red pilled too fast they kind of don't they they kind of they're gaslit you know they don't know what to believe and some he kind of fell for the opposite kind of charlatans and became like a raging anti-semite which is also not good mm-hmm. and so he went out there with signs like yids rape kids and this all horrible stuff yeah but those groups had tried to recruit him to make him like a Norway shooter. Mm-hmm. So there's these factions. They look for people with anti-Muslim sentiment or something to go shoot a bunch of Muslims. This guy is like, what, who gains from a guy killing people in a concert in Vegas? Are they trying to suppress the real estate prices? Are they trying to, who are they trying to scare? Who, who benefits, right? But it doesn't seem like uh, a lone actor was just mad because they made noise near his hotel one year or something. (laughs) Because there's just too much money and it's all these international transfers and stuff. Uh, And it was all hush-hush and then he suicided. And it seems like the cops did kill him like, and then just said he shot himself. There's a camera in the hallway that he had set up himself to surveil them coming to the room. There's right. two windows. That's not a big deal. He just breaks two windows, walks from one room to the other room. It's not a big deal. It doesn't mean there's multiple shooters. It doesn't mean there isn't, but there isn't very good evidence for that. Like, oh, I heard an echo. Well, that's that's how be- loud noises from high rises sound. Of course. And vice yeah. versa. Like, if anyone that lives in an apartment that's like six stories or higher, you can hear people on the street, no problem. Mm-hmm. If it's if it's solid stuff, and I don't explain, I don't want to explain how sound noise work, but no, the way they propagate is <laughs> like there's all this white noise on the bottom and nothing above, so it comes out very clear. Someone could be like talking a little bit loud on the first floor, and you can hear it on the tenth floor yep. better than you can on the third. Mm-hmm. So whatever. Um, there does seems to be some very suspicious things with uh, how um, he was paid and how his money went around. And then all this disinfo that came afterward. They're going to take our guns. You know, that's always a thing. And all these shooters aren't SSRIs. And maybe they are. I mean, maybe that one's real, whatever. Sure. But the focus is always this stuff and not like, okay, where'd this guy's money come from? What was his motive? And who would benefit from such an attack? Always ask who benefits. Mm hmm. And if it, it turns out no one benefits, this is completely pointless. Somebody was just crazy or whatever. Okay. But let's uh, at least attempt to f- try to figure out if there could have been some motives and benefits before you just say, well, that's crazy. Right. Very well, seldom is someone just nuts. You know, unless they're redheaded or something. Oh, sorry. You're back now. I said very seldom is somebody just nuts. Unless they're a yeah. ginger. <laughs> if he had like a big red afro, I'm like, yeah, this is a crazy <laughs> That makes sense. Well, be, so this we, is... Everyone would be like, yeah, it figures, you know. <laughs> <laughs> this, and it was at is, night. This, That's when they come out. 
this is this is exactly why uh, the Vegas shooting has bothered me so much is because I have looked into it quite a bit and I have never been able to conclude who benefited and why why did the media not use this narrative they like this is the weird there's thing about it. it's the, too, it's, there's a suicide note or something because in the photos of the room you can see the notepad it's this pink right. paper that had been written on and i don't think the cops wrote it and laid it, laid it on the table then took a picture of it so yeah. what did that say and how come that's why aren't we allowed to see what he what he said Right. And what did he say previously? Because I think he had followed them around from Chicago or some other city. I might have got that part wrong, but there was somewhere else where the concert was and he stayed, yep. but he didn't do it. Yep. And then the next time he did it or whatever. So he's aiming at this concert, it seemed like. But uh, so then if that part is true, then it's like it wasn't something just about Vegas real estate or whatever, because it could have been another city just as exactly. Well. But see the the comment. So you got to be able to rule things out like that. They go, okay, well then he why not here or whatever. It's, totally. But th this is my question because it seems as if the media narrative usually when you see a mass shooting, particularly one that is one of the most egregious we've ever seen in this country, mm -hmm. you would use it to push for gun bans. They totally suppressed this story. They stopped talking about it. It seemed as if they didn't even want to use it for their own normal nefarious purposes of disarming the American people. That That is what made me, that's what raised all of the I, flags. I don't think world. that's, I think the opposite. I think they make you think that there's going to be a, an arms ban so everybody runs out and buys a bunch of guns. It's huh. been a lot, they've made a lot of money selling small arms by scaring people into thinking that, that now guns are going to be taken away. Like right. after Sandy Hook, for example, you know, Alex is losing his mind saying Obama just wants to get your guns. They didn't even attempt to ban the guns. There was no bill, no legislation, nothing trying to ban guns at all after that happened. But they, they made the public think that they're trying to do it. So guess what happened to gun sales every time there's a shooting? Everyone runs out and buys guns. Yeah. Right? No, they guns, skyrocket. Just like abortion, year. it's one of these things they talk about talk and don't walk like abortion makes too much money as a line item for the medical industrial complex so even when like george the lesser because he had republican control of everything they had the courts they had the congress they had the presidency and they didn't do anything about abortion because it makes too much money mm -hmm. and guns the democrats act like they want to get rid of guns but at the end of the day it just makes too much money so it's something they talk but don't walk mm-hmm and so you, you know, abortion is a court decision, and so are guns. So it's not some president or whatever couldn't do it anyway. You'd have to get the Supreme Court to do it. Mm -hmm. So you and think that fear is overblown? Because it to me, I I always lean towards, especially after the lockdowns, I lean towards us being headed towards some sort of totalitarian government. A totalitarian government obviously would want us to be disarmed so they could better control us. You're implying that they don't care about us. They being, can control well, us whether we have arms or not. You know, because they have way more. Uh, they're not worried about your AR-15. They can hit your house with an Apache helicopter from a mile away. That you don't, you're insignificant if you think you can fight these people they, right. in a conventional way. Your best way of fighting them is stop shopping. But um, <laughs> they they're not worried about that. Like they um make a lot of money off of scaring you and keeping you on a high dose of fear. Mm -hmm. daily from mm -hmm. something but as far as taking away uh you know reducing clips and magazine sizes and all that, 
all that argument died with Antifa and and Black Lives Matter. Like when you're seeing hordes of communists blocking the street and burning <laughs> down and looting things, and people are like, what do you need an AR-15 for? Like, because the whole the scenario in their head is if someone comes to rob your house all by themselves. Most B and E are two people or more, by the way. Just saying. Uh, and then a lookout and a couple. No one just not no one, but it's seldom. And most uh, house robberies are by people you know. Mm-hmm. It's like by your own friends and stuff that are over there and just steal something. But anyway, the the it's just like rape. Most rape is by a family member or a mm-hmm. boyfriend or something. It's not like this. Very rarely does a stranger just grab someone and pin them down in the street and rape them or go and just randomly rob a house. It's mm-hmm. usually people you know. So narcissism of small differences, whatever. Mm-hmm. But that whole argument of what do you need, you know, multiple shots for. When you're watching people set 7-Elevens on fire and break in and stop, you know, toppling statues and stealing from Louis Vuitton and just, you know, burning the mini mall or whatever. Everyone is like, and every shop owner that had a gun that stood in front of their property, they just walked right on by. Mm -hmm. Everybody that relied on the police is now looking at the ashes of what used to be their store. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. So the gun argument was made by life. It's like, <laughs> oh, you can just call the cops. Uh-huh. They just sit there and watch. Right. Right. And here's the other hilarious thing. In places like California, where they're defunding police, like the city of Beverly Hills is, is spent millions contracting out private security firms to protect the stores and things there. Mm-hmm. But then you have like San Francisco where women will just go in with like luggage cases and just take all the cosmetic products and knock them <laughs> off the shelf into their bag and walk out the store. I know. It's like if it's under 950 bucks, you're not allowed to call the police. And if you did, they're not going to show up. Right. Police are not there for you. They're there to protect the ruling class and act as road pirates to get tickets and make money. Right. You're out of there. They started to catch runaway slaves. Like cops. I don't care how many TV shows you watch, because that's propaganda. All these cop and lawyer shows where they're after the bad guys, right. hunting down murderers and stuff, and the CSI, whatever, where they're, they found a thumbprint on a glass. And it, that is all imagination. <laughs> that's TV. It doesn't happen. They come after a crime happened, ask what were they wearing or whatever, write a report and never do anything. <laughs> if you're going to catch someone, you have to do it yourself. If you want to protect your property, you have to do it yourself. Yep. I think that's pretty damn or accurate. Or hire private because then there's competition because there's a consequence from not doing their job. You can hire the other private security. But if the cops don't do their job, there's no consequence. You can't get the other police. Like you have your city police or whatever and that they're that and they can't be fired. And no matter how bad they do at their job. They're not replaced. Yep. So there's no market pressure to incentivize them to do well. Why are they going to risk their life? Like, look at all these school shootings we were talking about. You know what the cops do? They come and surround the building and wait till the person kills himself. <laughs> They're not going to go in there with a gunfight shooting behind walls and trees. They just sit there and hide behind the trees until the guy shoots himself. That's what Even I've though they got him outnumbered, you know, 50 to 1 or whatever. Like, there was a robbing it's somewhere in California. I don't remember if it was LA or San Francisco or San Diego or some one of those shit cities. Two guys in body armor. And it was just made of like baseball catcher's gear and, and lacrosse stuff. Robbed a bank, had hostages, and I think it was LA. They held back the entire LAPD for like 45 minutes. <laughs> and their helicopters and everything. 
because they were shooting him and it just bounced off the body armor. And they're like, now what? <laughs> they don't know what to do. And so they're just hiding and follow him around basically until they nearly ran out of ammo. And one of them shoots himself. The other guy got hit. It was just like two men held off the whole police force because they had some body armor. That's how pathetic. Our cops are there to be on a power trip and abuse people and act as meter maids and road pirates. Mm -hmm. They're not like the tough guys that take down. Anybody that fights back would win. Wow. Like if you had any equivalent size, the police department is going to lose. Yeah, no, I think I think that's accurate. they're out of shape. They're fat. They're like they can't even run up a flight of stairs. You know, no. that's why they always grab their taser or gun because none of them have any other options. Exactly. They have like female women. cops. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's what I was just saying. You know, <laughs> like unless you're like that girl, you know, uh, if I was a criminal, I would just ignore that. I wouldn't even run. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, that's nice, you know, and just do what I'm doing. <laughs> Oh my god! All right, well, uh, I, we're almost out of time. You are a fucking wealth of knowledge, man. Uh, you you left the country. Did you do that because of this reporting? I just didn't want my tax money to go into murder Iraqi children. You know, like okay, um, that was part of it. I mean, I wanted to see Japan, but I was just going to visit, not live here. But the situation in the U.S. got so bad. And as I was about to leave, it was like August 2005, I started getting death threats because of the 9-11 stuff I was doing and uh, the 7-7. That's the London bombing, right? Yeah. I was all over that because I'm like, oh, the Israelis are there and they're meeting. The the G8 are going to talk about African debt relief. (laughs) What? I knew that wasn't going to happen, so something's going to disrupt this. Wow. It did. <clears throat> but um, it was just a guess. I was mm-hmm. like, well, they blew up trains already on 311. They blew up airplanes on 911. How about a subway? <laughs> 311 was Madrid? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 911 days after 911. Ooh. That's a coinky dink, huh? Yeah. Well, see, these people are obsessed with numbers and stuff. There's a little so, bit of a cultic. I, I don't want to get into that say. because people take that way too far. But yeah. Um. Some people, it's like the Riddler and Batman. Some people just gotta leave a little hint. Like they're so narcissistic, they they want you to know for some reason. Mm-hmm. That's what so, I think. It's more that. Have you given given how? in depth and in my opinion profound your reporting is and i'm i'm going to call it reporting i don't know if you do but um do you do you get any overt communication or threats from political figures or can you talk about that they're not dumb enough to do that like when they want to threaten me either it's just some butthurt zionist or uh a political figure will use a middleman Mm. to act like they're a butthurt Zionist to come at me. Because it would be really stupid for Joseph Lieberman or somebody to to threaten me. They're going right. to pay someone to do it. Yeah, or, You know what I'm saying? Of course. So almost, almost everything I get is from people uh, who are just ideologically opposed. Especially, mm-hmm. like, the far left doesn't like that I have a Confederate flag. They act like it's a hate symbol of racism and blah, 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 right. because they're completely ignorant of history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they get their news from late night comedians and their history from well 
I don't know. Uh, they just make it up. <laughs> Public school. They make it up. <clears throat> no, yeah. I mean, I mean, universities are so bad right now. I don't want my kids going to an American college. No. It's just indoctrination centers at this point. Oh, yeah. I mean, and it's, it's genuinely awful. It, it may be worse than public school. People. Yeah. I mean, you can public send your... Public school depends on your public school. There's some, some, in some areas that aren't so bad, but sure. others, yeah, real bad. It depends on the state, too, like whether they do it by zip code or whatever. There has to be competition. And what I've found is the other great thing about private schools, and I went to both, by the way, if there's a town like Charlottesville, Virginia, for example, that's got public schools and it's got a lot of private schools, too. There's St. Ant- St. Anne's Belfield and so on there. And there's like Western Albemarle and all. Because there's the option of a private school, the public school has to shape it up. Mm-hmm. Just because you know there's I mean? a little bit of competition. There's some, any competition. Because they'll protect public schools from competing with each other. Just say, well, where do you live? This is your school. You can't choose. Well, but you could choose private school. Mm-hmm. So if people are like, well, I can't afford private school. Like, well, they don't know that. You know, what they know is there's a competitor and it's got better results or whatever. And so they're going to start doing better with their teaching and teachers and um, <clears throat> whatever program they're doing because they got to make the public school appealing other than just the price. They got to, it's got to have results. So even if you would never do a private school or whatever or couldn't afford it, you should still support them because they actually make public schools better too just by mm-hmm. competing. Yep. No, I think that's totally accurate. Well, I've I've taken a little bit more time or more of your time than I had expected to. I really appreciate the time. Uh, you. I'm have... on a roll. I just said an hour as a guest because I know she was making steak, and I I think she heard me <laughs> do the call. I told her, like I got to do this show. I already missed it twice. So. Like, <laughs> yeah. So. Well, I, I appreciate it, man. I got to go. It's cool. Uh, no, I don't have to go. I I, I could talk to you all night, dude. I, I mean, and it is night here, uh, so people don't know you are. Talk in Japan. about Kennedy. <laughs> yeah, I was just I was just gonna say uh, Rip on Lincoln. That's a favorite pastime of mine. <laughs> no, you know, no, it's funny me... to me, like these like anarcho communists, which is an oxymoron. <clears throat> Anyone that hates crony capitalism, aka so- socialism in the real world, should hate Abraham Lincoln. He is the original top hat wearing, stinking Lincoln crony capitalist that married the railroad and the steel foundries all to government. I mean, government contracts, he created the income tax, like all this crap. If you hate mercantilism, protectionism, and the state, you know, picking winners and losers in the marketplace, that's Lincoln. Like the Hamiltonian vision took over with Lincoln. And Alexander Hamilton is was sponsored by the Rothschilds. So all these people that hate the Rothschilds, all that and like, why are you against Jefferson and Washington and you're going after their statues? The Jeffersonian model is the anti corporatist model. The Lincoln, Hamilton, Henry Clay model is the pro-corporation model. Right. And they got it completely backwards. They're like, they hate the Masons and Illuminati and stuff and call them satanic. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa those were the good guys. <laughs> the Rothschild faction is the bad guys, the central mm-hmm. bankers. Yeah. And sometimes they hate them both, right. I guess. But I'm thinking, no, man, the, the Jeffersonian America is what we needed to hold on to. They got mm-hmm. He got rid of the central bank. So did Andrew Jackson. Yep. The, 
they did other bad things, but you don't dismiss somebody and say, well, Andrew Jackson killed Native Americans. I, mean, I know. I'm not, he's not a hero. Like, it's, um, you got to take the totality of what they did. Of course. Jefferson ending the transatlantic slave trade, doing this Louisiana Purchase, writing the Bill of Rights in the Constitution, like, way outweighs the negatives, right? So, Particularly given the time he was alive. I mean, it's it's so unfair yeah. when people... You can't like, judge people with today's mores. It's called presentism. Yeah, there you go. You shouldn't do it. Yeah. Well, what what is your what is your favorite? I mean, you talk about this stuff nonstop. I'm curious is is there one area that you enjoy most to research, research, or just to talk about? Hmm. I I don't like the ones I hate the most are the ones with kook movement stuff because I have to deal have with so the flack deal. from them and debunking. Yeah. So I really enjoyed my JFK research, but I do not enjoy arguing with people who believe in, who are, are completely obsessed with Magic Bullet and back to the left because they saw a movie, right. you know, like those people or the polka dot dress with RFK. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Like <laughs> that, that's what I can't stand. And they're starting to pop up with Epstein too. They're like, oh, he's still alive and Maxwell's not in jail because oh, yeah, I didn't yeah, see yeah. a picture in high def or whatever. Uh, she's definitely in prison. He's definitely dead. He had multiple autopsies, which showed he was most likely murdered and broken bones in his neck. And uh, why would they do that? Why would you fake it? Why arrest him in the first place? Right. Like, it's if you're just going to let him go, then you don't even need to put him in jail. You know what yeah, I mean? No, it's, it's really <clears> dumb. But you but mostly the Epstein researchers are not kookified. It's, um, but they're trying, you know, tunnels in the islands and all this chibber jabber. And again, that's one of those things where it's like, when you see a smoke screen, there's something to hide. Mm-hmm. First, they tried not to talk about it at all, but they just killed Epstein. At, but what happened was unique there. There's a picture of him with Donald Trump. So all the anti Trump media, which is the media, was like, aha, Acosta, Trump, Epstein. Ah, ha, ha. <laughs> and it looks like oh, they, they were rivals. And he outbid um, Epstein and Wexner on property at Mar-a-Lago. And he was fighting with the Kushners and Mark Epstein are um, real estate rivals in New York. And they, they don't get along. Right. <clears throat> and that's, you know, suddenly he's rearrested in New York. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, it's Trump's backyard. He threw his ass in jail. Anyway, the media jumped on the story because it thought it was Trump. And as soon as it wasn't, they didn't care. It was like the end of Epstein. What you've heard about it has been online. Right. right? It's been from like me or The Rising, whose top two journalists just got fired, by the way, because they defended Palestine uh, or mm-hmm. let go. Whatever. Or it's been Sean Atwood or somebody, someone on a, like YouTube or peer tube or bit shoot or something that's where you're hearing you're not hearing it on television right. they haven't talked about epstein since 2019 you know a little mm-hmm. bit of news on the guards um forging <laughs> their log books and stuff but right. i kind of think that wasn't a i'm going to be talking about this tomorrow anyway so I'll, I'll just stop with epstein stuff but anyway as far as my favorite thing to research was um personally i looked into the bruce lee conspiracy because I think they poisoned him. And that oh, wow. was that was my first one, actually. No shit. Where, where I was like, because I read Jackie Chan's book, Who Am I? 
and how the triads had attempted to kill Jackie Chan. Do you know that? Uh, tried to I, I think I heard that actually, but I just, he I went don't with know Golden Harvest, the Vietnamese media company that broke the triad monopoly of communist China for film industry in China. Still very mafia film industry in China, by the way. Ask John wow. Cena about that. Yeah, yeah no shit, right? <laughs> See, I think what John Cena did was genius, even if it wasn't on purpose. Because him apologizing to the Chinese in Chinese, one, he's always spoke Chinese. I've seen him do that before, where he oh. didn't just memorize. He's, he kind of can speak Chinese. And it's like, oh, John Cena speaks Chinese. But... um. Or Taiwanese, same language. <laughs> um, him having to apologize to China is China overplaying its hand because if you just let it be that he had said Taiwan's a country, no one would notice. Right. But because you forced him to apologize for saying something's a country that definitely is, like it's got its own government, its own laws, its own <laughs> currency, it's, it's a country, made the world, because he's a famous WWE wrestler, notice this issue with Taiwan and China that they were not thinking about at all until you forced this guy to apologize about it. And I don't know if China understands you making him apologize made it worse for you. Yeah. Now people are going, of course, Taiwan's a country. How dare you grovel to the Chinese? You push it. And, <laughs> and it's, that effect. it's not a pussy because all of them would have done the same thing. Right. 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 With his that much money. And, you know, Vince McMahon's on your ass, too. Like, you better apologize. We're trying to get into China's markets, and you just blew it or whatever. Of course. His agent had him <laughs> doing that for damn sure. For but. sure. Like, like, all these people, like I saw Tim Poole criticize him. Like, you don't talk about my censorship. And the reason uh, is, then you'd lose your YouTube and your money. That's right. way less than what John Cena was making. Right, right, So, right. I mean, you cuck for a lot fewer dollars than him. Don't They just want to call a big guy a coward and a pussy. Yeah, because that guy would mud stomp any of these people, and so it just makes him feel big. Like John Cena's a pussy. Like, no, he's not. He's normal. Like he kowtowed, and that's the right yeah. term, kowtow. Yeah, for sure. It comes well, from the Brits' refusal to bow in China, and they lost all their deals. Like, I'm not bowing to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you t you spend so much time analyzing, um, you know, current events and past historical things. I'd like to know. Where where do you think we're headed? I mean, do you do you spend any time thinking about Unfortunately, where? Unfortunately, yeah, I think we're headed toward a technocratic dystopian nightmare. Okay, that so we the have Unabomber the same analysis. warned us about. That who who warned us about? Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber. He uh, talked about industrial yeah. society and its future. That's my Bible. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I, I just I don't see it get. I mean, eventually it'll get better, but. We're already having gas and food shortages. They're talking about a $6 trillion spending package under Biden. It's going to have massive inflation. There's like zero interest rates anyway. So whatever you have in savings is going to depreciate. Um, Green New Deal, that closed down fracking, got rid of federal voter ID. These all happened within like a month. Mm -hmm. All these people are like, oh, it would be better to get rid of Trump because that will wake up some people on the left. Like, <laughs> Nobody cares if a couple more leftists like say bad, mean things online. Look at what they're doing. They got out of the Paris Accords. So we're back into that again. We're in the Paris Accords that Trump got us out of. Now we're back in. First day he did that. Biden did that. They got rid of federal voter ID. That's HR1. Think about that. How stupid that is. How bad that is. Uh, he's already bombed Syria. He's already, you know. Sorry. Chair collapsed. <laughs> this chair. 
this chair is on its last leg, man. It's, uh... <laughs> we got to get you a new one. This idea that, like, wow, you know, it, you'll get more people resisting it because even with Jimmy Dore and so and so will criticize Biden. They would have anyway, and they would have continued to criticize Trump too if he had won. Like, that's insignificant, man. What matters is the policies that these lunatics are going to pass. And as horrible as Donald Trump was, murdering Soleimani and all the stupid shit he did, it does get worse. And it has. Yeah, fuck it. Like the the censorship is off the chain. With by look at all the people that lost their YouTube channels and stuff. Once Biden got in, there's no resistance. I mean, they banned the president once they knew he wasn't going to be president anymore. They took away his Twitter. They took away his YouTube. They took away his Facebook, and they did the same to his followers. They're, the Capitol riot people are going to be going to jail for a hundred years each. Like, it's a dystopian nightmare. They spy on you, and there's cities in America that are just—they've been handed to the mob. Mm-hmm. I don't mean the mafia; I mean the mob, no. like the common hoodlum, like the pitchfork peasant types that are just burn it. Right? You know, you see they videos allow, from New York every uh, day. That's what's happening. Yeah, six blocks of Seattle was basically annexed by anarchists for months in the summer, yeah. and not they the murdered. good kind of anarchists. No, the actual kind. Not the kind on paper. Anarchy only works if you have a mature, intelligent society, which we don't. Right. Right. So, yeah. Well, we've we've had a couple hundred years of making our society as stupid as possible. So, yeah. Yeah, if you didn't raise people on MTV and reality shows and if you didn't, you know, indoctrinate them in school the way they do, they wouldn't be the way they are. If you didn't have liberal policies breaking up two-parent families, and all, if, if all that was gone... And you and you had good parenting and proper schooling and all, then anarchy would could work a lot better. Mm-hmm. But that isn't the world. That's we not live. the situation. We yeah, at all. With they're like, what would work if we didn't have a bunch of dumbasses? Well, we do. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I, like in Japan's a lot closer to being able to transition away because people here have honor. Uh, they're not running around shooting each other or hooked on drugs or psychotropic legal or illegal they're not into that i I could leave my wallet downstairs all day and no one would touch it you know it's um and i've done stuff like that not on purpose but like i you know i just leave my key in the bike i've had a camera sitting in there no one bothers with it cell phones just sitting in the park it's a high trust society Mm -hmm. and you don't have it's it's not so over police and stuff like everyone takes their shoes off when they go in and out of you know, homes and stuff, even school. You couldn't do that in America. People would steal your shoes. Mm. 100%. If you had a pair of shoes, they're gone. You know what I mean? Like, but not in Japan. You can just leave them. Nobody's going to touch your shoes because it's wrong. And that's not because of government. It's because of proper parenting. Mm -hmm. Right. It's because they don't have all this degenerate filth in the media constantly trying to get them to, can I talk about Japanese culture for a second? I'm going to tell people, yeah, please. The, the most, like, you got to live here to figure this out. And it's weird, too, because someone that visits Japan will do, like, a podcast about their six-day trip or something. And someone that lives here, like, a year or whatever, maybe they'll write a blog post or something. And someone that's lived here for 10 years will do a pamphlet. And someone that's lived here longer just barely talks about it. Right? Mm. <laughs> it's always the noob that goes running on the mountain. 
and mm-hmm. I haven't, and, I, and I'm like, I'm not going to be that guy that thinks he's figured out the Japanese culture and does all these comparative differences and stuff uh, a- after living here a year or something. But I've been here a dozen years, and uh, my biggest reverse culture shock, what I think, not the superficial stuff like food, music, religion, or lack thereof, it's not that. It's the, it's the base level hostility in the U.S., like the background hostility that you don't know when you live there, the same reason fish don't know they're in the water because mm. water's everywhere and they have nothing to compare it to. It's only when they jump out the surface that they realize, well, there's a thing that's not water. Mm-hmm. And then they realize they're living in the water. There is a kind of background angst and it's caused from the television and the constant conflict. Even in school, even if you're browbeating, you know, this is from the Unabomber too, but you're trying to solve the problems of yesteryear kicking that dead horse being so anti 19th century slavery which is not a problem you know but it's all those you know anti-racism anti-sexism anti it's still hate every day <clears throat> hate something gotta have an enemy even if the problem's been resolved mm-hmm. well let's dig it up and start picking scabs Right. You know, and get all this conflict. Many well, now we have to punish their cis and this and that. Yeah. Well, now, yeah. now we have to punish their ancestors. You know, their or anybody that later. had the same melanin level in their skin right. is guilty just because they look alike. Yeah. You Even know? though my ancestors are from Germany in 1920, I have to pay the price for American slavery. It's fucking absurd. Well, even if you had been British ancestors, it wouldn't matter. You didn't do it. You no, I, I mean? know it, it, it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter if it was my ancestors. Period. It's just, it's just nonsense. It is, and it's not. It's don't get me triggered on the slavery crap. But anyway, um, <laughs> everyone did it. I mean, who who sold them to you? <laughs> right, 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 right. But anyway, uh, it is an abhorrent institution, but it, it existed for thousands of years across the globe, and it's Western civilization that ended it. Uh, and so they never get any credit. Evil, evil white man or whatever. I'm like, that's who ended slavery right. first. And then yeah. force that on everyone else. Well, it sounds like you you are not exactly a collapsitarian if you think that, I mean, I, and I agree with you that Trump would have been, it, he would have bought us more time compared he to the sucked, Biden. But he, but Jesus, Biden, Kamala, like first of all, oh, it's a disaster. Division of division of power is better than consolidation, mm-hmm. because after they stole the elections through voter fraud, they have the Senate, the House, and the presidency. And they kind of have the courts, from what we've seen, that wouldn't even look at cases, right? Why would you want one side to have all the control? They have the media. They have big tech. Like, the media is liberal. Big tech is liberal. The Senate's liberal. The House is liberal. And the presidency's liberal. Yeah, it's going to get worse. At least with Trump, the media opposed everything he did. And social media opposed everything he did. And he didn't have total control over the House. Well, now you, you've given it to the, the war party, the party that started World War One, World War Two, the Korean War, and Vietnam, the Democrats. That's who you gave it to, the pro-censorship party, the let's give hormones to a six-year-old party. Yep. You know, there were some differences, not on Israel, not on monetary policy, not on some of these things. The two parties are the same, but generally Republicans opposed giving hormones to children generally they oppose you know allowing a grown man in the women's shower room 
generally they opposed, uh, you know, like saying, well, maybe we should get rid of airplanes and some of the crap from AOC, stuff like right. that. Uh, and tech way better against extent. yeah the censorship, wearing a mask, all that. You're much more likely to be open, free, or less restrictions on business and personal freedom with Republicans and Democrats. That is a real difference. Sure. And it is getting worse under this regime. And just the pay to play, like Trump did put America first sometimes, or at least second after Israel. Um, <laughs> you know, but at least we're we're in the top ten. <laughs> with, with Biden, it's like pay to play. What are the Chinese going to give me? What's Ukraine going to give me? What's oh, Russia yeah. going to give me? He just he said he's a Hillary basically. Yep. You know, it seems like their last <clears throat> concern is the American. And people. they just blame blame Russia. Whatever happened to us? We're short on oil. The Russian hacking, lost twenty sixteen. Russian hacking. Hunter's laptop. Russian disinformation. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Even though it's all fucking yeah. Anyways, um, so the laptop you... is real. I mean, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no uh, disinformation. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's he's I mean, a crackhead, the hard hookers, and fuck yeah, he was. Yeah. I've seen the I've seen the pictures. Have um, you seen um my film, uh, Corn Pops Revenge? No, I gotta check that. Out. You remember when he was like, Corn Pop was a bad dude. Hell yeah. Um, that's why I have this Corn Pop thing behind me. <laughs> I'm gonna. I, so it's called Corn Pops Revenge. It's on my website. It's free. But I have an upgraded version with like production value and like a proper movie, I guess. And it's called The Biden Crime Syndicate, Corn Pops Revenge. I'm going to screen it in a couple days. Nice. Is the goal. I kept getting invited to shows. So I kept pushing back. The re- it's not a bad problem, but I kept getting invited on shows. So I kept pushing back the, the Corn Pop release date. But if you want to know how bad the Bidens are. I mean, like, okay, Trump, what's his worst thing? Think about it. Like, the Bidens swindled $4 million out of cancer research that they had acquired after their own son died of brain cancer. That's pretty fucking dark. low. Yeah. It's pretty dark. Joe Biden married his babysitter after his wife died in a car accident, and That's his son married his dead brother's widow. That's a fact. <laughs> These are facts. Yeah. The Trump family, all his kids, none of them are that degenerate. No. None of them are smoking crack and buying hookers. Right. Cocaine, maybe. But I mean, it's it's all nepotistic, but it's not that bad. I mean, Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I made a film called Trump Sinus Ball and Chain. It went over the mob ties and the nepotism and all that. It's normal, you know, New Yorker, Yankee. Um, yeah. Yeah. Greedy, political narcissist, whatever. But... Biden, holy shit. Like he is John McCain bad. Like that's his own category. You have like one through ten and then like <laughs> the McCain. John McCain bad. Yeah, like John McCain bad. <laughs> I fucking that... despise John McCain. I have a holiday on this calendar celebrating his death anniversary. Twenty fifth of August. My favorite tweet that Ace ever put out was something about uh no Oh God, what was it? It was something to the effect of like, n- nothing has ever saved more lives in the Middle East than John McCain's tumor. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. Yeah, I wanted the, to um, nominate the tumor for a Nobel Peace Prize because, <laughs> it, think about it, it went on a brave suicide mission to take down a <laughs> war criminal global terrorist. That's such a great description. It was on a suicide right. mission. It killed its own host. Yeah, what a brilliant. Yeah, I mean, it took out a war criminal, you know, (laughs) and serial murderer. 
Oh, I should get the peace prize, but they only give the peace prize to the opposite, right? So, right. No, the exactly. only time well, I was on Cancer's team was when John McCain had it, but of course, yeah. No, they have to reserve the the peace prize for war criminals like Obama, um, Kissinger. Oh yeah, that too. So where where do you see us headed then? I mean, obviously we're headed towards a technocratic dystopia. Bad. I think it's gonna be bad, man. Um, like gulags, bad. You're gonna lose like, more freedom. You're gonna like, have. More America bad? more domestic spying. More people are going to get censored and deplatformed and lose their money. They're going to have tighter monopoly over the news. They're going to lie to your fucking face. Um, you know, more COVID restrictions as the new strain comes out of India or whatever. You know, um, they're going to suppress any story that challenges them. Mm-hmm. It like, okay, COVID did come. This is definitely going to get yanked for YouTube. COVID came from Wuhan. It's been oh, genetically yeah. traced. People were saying that a year ago, but, you know, the science is settled, which means, you know, Big Pharma said this, mm-hmm. that, you know, science. Yeah, I think you mispronounced Big Pharma or, you know, <laughs> I, I believe in science. No, you believe your TV. <laughs> <laughs> People said this year ago, but you weren't allowed to have a dialogue. Mm-hmm. Facebook and ThemTube and Twatter all decided their position was, you know, whatever that little troll Fauci said. So you're not allowed to question it. And that's not science. Science is open to dialogue. You cannot just pick a conclusion with no discussion and say, this is the right answer. And there's no debate. You can't be confident in the answer if you don't allow dissent. Right. Like with my 9-11 theory, I'm like, go ahead, pick it apart. You know, give me right. give me all the rebuttals. Falsify it. Because the only right. re- way you can have confidence is in, in a conclusion is to put it out there and say, all right, come on with the criticism. Tell me why I'm wrong. Exactly. And if, if you make a reasonable case, I'll just change my mind. The whole point is to figure out what's true. Right. But they just say, nope, this is the thing, and you're not allowed to question it. And they do the same thing for global warming with their interpretation of historical events. Like the Civil War, for example, like, oh, that's slavery because, you know, that it feels good if it was. It's psychologically gratifying to think that the Northern Army went down and stomped all these, like, slave whipping, backward racist cousin of fucking whatever, you know. Right. That ain't what happened. Six Northern states had slaves themselves. They enslaved the Chinese after the war was over. They refused to ratify the 13th Amendment till the second try. The South had black suffrage before the North. Da 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 da. That facts don't matter. You know, it's right. just more psychologically gratifying to be like, we're the good guys, they're the bad guys, and this is how it went down. And they do that with World War Two, World War One. There's a there's the Hollywood version, there's the psychologically gratifying version, and then there's what happened. Right. And it's the, and it's not just psychologically gratifying, it also justifies their their complete betrayal of what our country was founded on, which was that you were supposed to be allowed to leave. It was a voluntary union. At least right. that was that's what I believed it to be. And then after the Civil War, you realize, oh, this is not a voluntary union. Yeah, we they seceded. Slaves. And they go, okay, you seceded, and we're going to attack. Right. Yeah. yeah care irony. About Lincoln, the Emancipation Proclamation happened two years into the middle of the war, not the beginning. And he had the Corbin Amendment before the war that said, if you stay in the union, you can keep your slaves. And they all said no. 
because the primary reason for leaving was never slavery. It was the tariff right. situation. Exactly. Yeah, it, it's it's so ironic because the the hagiography, the re, the beautiful rewriting of history that this was all to free slaves. Ultimately, if you look at it through like the Spoonerish view, in fact, it took a bunch of free people, millions and millions of free people, and it made them slaves of yeah. the United States of America. Reconstruction was another 80 years of slavery of the South. They turned into a little Ireland within the United right. States. They had the 10 richest states become the poorest right. uh, and remain that way until the 1950s. Yep. Um, I've gone, I've, I did a show with uh, Peter Kionis or Mance Rader. Yeah, 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 on the Libertarian Institute where I went over a reconstruction and gave the statistics on that. There's a great book by a guy named Philip Lee. Lee, like the German way, L-E-I-G-H. Mm. Um, I think it's just called the Southern Reconstruction. Pretty bland title. But anyway, that that's a good one. All right, I'll um, check that out. <clears throat> yeah, I've got some recommended books on the Civil War. I have a site called Dawson Time, all one word. I have a twin brother. We used to, well, I wanted Dawson and Dawson, but that's like a law firm or something. So <laughs> DawsonTime.com and it's Civil War podcast and recommended books and so on. Still kind of building it, but there's an, there's enough on there already that people could spend a good chunk of their time learning the truth. Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I will I will be hitting that. I It is it is three th almost 3.30 in the morning here, uh -huh. so I'm going to head out, but... I uh, I really appreciate your time. Everyone, for the love of God, this band puts out unbelievable work. Please go to ancreport.com, subscribe, buy his documentaries, support him as much as possible. Get I, a map. I, we got Epstein maps and Biden maps. Exactly. Uh, I don't know if I have that behind me. Well, here's like not even not even a 5% of a Biden map, but just show, showing you the corporations, the companies and connections and stuff. It's a huge, huge poster of, uh, of all the criminal syndicate. And so if you're going to donate before you donate, think, well, for the same amount, maybe I could get a map. Cause there I you want go. you to, I want you to have these, you know, yeah, I yeah. want them out there. If you want to just donate, I'm not going to stop you, but I'm saying, <laughs> You can become a member, like instead of buying all the films individually, if you sign up for the monthly membership, it's, it's cheaper. If you feel like I'm going to watch them within a month, do it. Because within a month, you can just watch them all, you know. See, this is this is why you're uh, you're <laughs> this is why you're just amazing to me, because you you put so, you have to have put untold hours into this. And yet you're still telling people how to save money to support you. This is just. You're well, a kind, you're a kind soul. I think it's a good strategy in the long run. Yeah. Be it's, honest with people. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I think it's beautiful. Well, anyways, uh, I don't have any social media for him to plug because he just got nuked from everything once again. But mm -hmm. please go to <laughs> ancreport.com. This guy is a beast. You will not regret it. Thank you so I have much VK, for coming on. If anybody's on VK, it's like the Russian Facebook. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> this is where I get pushed to, right? And I think my name is just Rye Dawson, not Ryan. It's just R.Y. Dawson on VK. That's, that's all I got left. Perfect. Um, but ANC reports got links to like Telegram and PeerTube and that stuff. But it's all whack-a-mole. You never know when one's going to disappear. Right. So, yeah. All right. Thank you so much, <laughs> it's brother. It's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just means you're doing great work and we live in hell. So <laughs> thank you again. Yeah, we do. Thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I sure as hell did. 
Tomorrow, Maj Tere joins me. I have been waiting for this for so long. Do not miss it. Guy's a legend. Thank you so much. If you enjoy the show, please remember to go leave a five-star review on iTunes. We're up to almost 230 now. It's crazy how supportive you guys are, but it every bit helps because it's getting me up in the algorithm al- algorithms. Even on YouTube, I'm starting to come up in algorithms when people watch Dave Smith and stuff. It's just mind-blowing. Uh, when you guys subscribe, it helps. So keep doing that. Keep sharing the show. We've got four more write-ups for five-star reviews. I want to give those guys special thanks. We've got Scottish Golfer says, Spooner, enjoying the show, Mr. Liberty Lockdown. I particularly love your Legal Man episode. Get him back on. Or go over to his podcast, The Quash. His recent efforts of putting the Constitution on trial have been memorable. It's at Steve in New York. Uh, he says, where the insanity is never ending. Tell me about it, Steve. I'm in California. I, I know I know your plight well. It's it's no joke. And by the way, I love Legal Man, and I absolutely will have him back on. And if he wants me on his show, anytime. Then we've got Kearns122123 says, best new podcast out there. It is way past time to end this stupid lockdown. Thank you, Josh. I agree. <laughs> it's way past time, and it looks like we're winning this fight. So hang in there, brother. We're We're going to beat these motherfuckers. We got Ty5447 says, great podcast. I don't remember which other Liberty podcast brought me to Liberty Lockdown, but I'm glad they did. It's my top five now, or it's in my top five now. Thank you. That is really hard to break into the top five because that's pretty much all that you're going to have time to listen to. If I am one of those, I am doing my job right. Keep sharing it. Stay tuned. Appreciate you. Then lastly, we got Deerhorn97 says, love this show. Started listening after the Dave Smith episode and since then have loved this show as much as I love POTP. Whoa, buddy. High praise. Really appreciate that. And he says, and if you share this review on your show, follow at constitution underscore of underscore no underscore authority on Insta. I will do that. By the way, the most recent episode that I had, um, unfortunately, the last 10 minutes got cut off in the audio upload. If you missed those and you want to check them out, it's over on YouTube you can still get that at any time. I apologize for that. I don't know what happened. It had nothing to do with me. It's just a computer glitch, it seems as if. Um, But anyways, what a blast. My life's a dream. Thank you guys so much. I'll catch you tomorrow. Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. And libertarians are better Democrats than the Democrats and better Republicans than the Republicans. A Republican president, a Republican-controlled Congress, presided over the biggest expansion of government up to that point in history. And what's going to happen when they realize that Social Security is nothing but a racist, sexist, ageist, Ponzi scheme? I mean, how badly do you have to screw something up before we finally conclude that uh, maybe government can't solve this problem? free market is the ultimate expression of democracy. I do the show two days a week. It's a free show. You sure you don't want to see some evidence to back up any of their claims before you get us into another war? Their entire existence is exploitative. Everything they eat, everything they drink, the roof over their heads. It was all paid for from theft at the threat of violence. Isn't it interesting that an education system run by the government somehow churns out a bunch of people who favor the government handling everything? That's the type of accounting that would get you thrown in prison 
if anybody else were to do it. But that's how the federal government operates. Black, white, Indian, Asian, rich, poor, short, tall, everybody benefits from freer markets. Libertarianism is principled, it's philosophically sound. In the arena of ideas, we cannot be defeated. This is the Peddling Fiction Podcast. The voice and soul of so-called fiction. Follow me on Twitter at Pedal Fiction. Download and subscribe. And no matter what happens, keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Peace. Big shout out to everybody that's been with me since Jump Street. Appreciate y'all. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown, please scan your barcode, your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold, where did it come from and where did it go, it requires a fight, not tweet from your phone, don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne, if you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home, the virus you're scared of will come and it'll go, the government knows, just don't get treated like a hoe, like Nico and Shane, you're probably wondering what's happening, scared Hollywood lefties lyrical feminine, a typo with Luke might bring the nooses, we all bite the bullet, I'm the king of the gooses, freckles and Brit, didn't know I could spit, knew I was a patriot, but now I'm the shit. Peter Quinones, invite me on Which podcast sends custom songs Part of the problem, now I stand with the people Dave showed the way, but I am unequal Lions of Liberty, now hear me roar Beat running up, but I got a bit more Robbie the Fire, always running his mouth But I made him a sandwich, now I'm man of the house The malice for Nick, but you're welcome to quit I went over BLM with the fire I spit Friends against government just call us fags Copy the Cairo, put mummies in the bag Liable opinions get thrown on the ground Silky Smooth Tom was the only sound Getting so hot must be air July Screaming in the mic a rip for 59 Monster ratio that black guns matter Now all these lefties got crazy small bladders None of us wanted war but we're ready You know I be bopping and rock steady Liberty lockdown please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold Where did it come from and where did it go It requires a fight not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king get him off the fucking throne If you're riding with the thought you've always got a home The virus you're scared of will come and it'll go The government knows this don't get treated like a hoe